Welcome back to the Village Bonfire for another episode of the Wild Sacred Journey podcast. A podcast not just for your mind, but for your body and spirit too. Here we don't just talk theory. Instead, we compassionately engage with our lived experiences and a wide variety of topics together, all to invite the question, in these times we find ourselves in, how do we be more human? Thank you for being here. May these conversations awaken, inspire, repair, and evolve something deep within each of us and serve the wild, tender aliveness of our personal and collective hearts. So welcome to Wild Sacred Journey podcast, another episode here. So as we'll begin as we usually do, which is taking a few deep breaths in and out together. Maybe sighing those out through your mouth so that you're letting your jaw go. Ah, I need to stick my tongue out. Ah, <laughs> one of those days. I'm actually going to shake too. I feel the need to shake my body. So I invite you to shake your body too if you need to. Shoulders, hands, wrists, you can reach them up. You can drop them down. You can do them out to the side. You can do all the above. Shake your hips. Take your legs and your feet. Ooh. Ooh. Let your head and neck turn and move. If you've been really focused on something or your body has been feeling a lot of anxiety recently, that's going to often show up in like our gaze locking in on something and our jaw and our neck locking in. So oh, look up, look down behind you the side. Hmm. And so when we tune into our bodies, we are naturally, even if we're not aware of it, tuning more into the land because our bodies are not separate from the land. And the more I sort of study um, these sort of different like ecology, but like spiritual ecology or beyond ecology, the more I start to realize how true that is. So we just acknowledge our bodies and then we also acknowledge the land. And just because we can't see connection doesn't mean it isn't there. And so by tuning into how we're feeling, we feel connection. Connection is not something we see, it's something we feel. Hmm. And so we acknowledge the other people in our web, the other places in our web around us, that connective web, the kin, the beyond human kin. which includes past, present, and future at the level of energy, at the level of consciousness, time and space aren't linear. And so I'm going to light our candle village bonfire here as we gather around. with the intention, with the hope that the light bring us together 
guide our connection, help us illuminate something within us. And so I'm always, it's always funny. I don't really plan. I sort of know that I'm going to intro things. I don't really plan them. And it's funny to me how each time what comes out of me as we're kind of grounding in is usually related to who I'm about to have a conversation with. <laughs> so today there was a little bit more about breath and body than maybe some of the other episodes. And it's perfect because I have with me today, uh, Lindsay. And Lindsay is a breath and body person. <laughs> so yeah, Lindsay's a friend and another caring, wise soul who just has a lot of warmth and clarity and groundedness and gentleness, and um, but also like power too. I met her through entrepreneurial circles. And it's funny when I asked her if she'd be on my podcast, she did one of those like, who me, what would I say things? And then in the course of me, like explaining about the podcast and trying to convince her why I thought she would be awesome on the podcast, we ended up having a conversation that we wished we'd recorded because it would have been an amazing podcast. So you all missed that conversation. And I'm sorry, because it may not come back again. But uh, in the meantime, I know that whatever comes out of this conversation today is going to be amazing and lovely. And so, yeah, so her bio, Lindsay has always been curious about the human body movement and breath, her background in classical ballet. And as a professional dancer taught her both to listen to the whispers of her inner landscape and the harm that's done when we quiet the body. After 20 years of working with clients in the gyrotonic method, she deepened her tools for working with the body's intelligence and the memories we hold in our tissues through nervous system studies in 2017 and becoming a certified breath facilitator in 2021. Those additions really tied the threads together in helping her overcome anxiety and giving her tools to navigate her everyday life with ease. Lindsay finds joy in helping her clients do the same. She lives in Washington state with her husband and two children, and they love to be outdoors with their dog, exploring the beauty of the valley they live in. So Lindsay, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Kate. I, that was such a lovely time to sit and ground. And I will say when you lit the candle for the village bonfire, I did get goosebumps, you know, just mm. that idea that we really are connected in this this web together. And so I appreciate and I'm grateful to be here with you today and to have the opportunity to have another conversation and to see where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So I liked in each episode, I like to just sort of open it up beyond our sort of more formal bio and, and my intro and my sort of how you come across to me. I want to give you an opportunity to also kind of intro yourself a little bit more, like place yourself in the social fabric of things. Like, where are you kind of in the web? You mentioned where you live and you mentioned some about your family, but what other markers, maybe um, identities, roles, locations, ancestors, lineage, whatever kind of orients you in the larger world for people? Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, I, I am mostly a very curious person who sits back and observes her surroundings a lot and I have a certain sensitivity that allows me to maybe feel into things where I get to spark that curiosity and have a conversation with somebody like is that what is that for you and how does that show up and 
which has really led me to my work of being with people in that way to be curious about their own systems to be able to find a way to be in their system with curiosity and ease and also then gain the, you know bring the wisdom of their their own experience forward um i have an interest you know i i am one of the melting pot people of <laughs> coming from you know irish english scottish german romanian austrian um lineage and it is very interesting to me when i hear stories about what my ancestors did to you know one of my great grandmother lived on the alaskan tundra and had to walk like 40 miles to give birth to my grandmother you know those kind of that that deep strength and resilience in order to continue to you know make your way forward without just crawling up in a ball on the tundra and you know to be able to have the fortitude and the resilience to move forward. It's inspiring to me um, because life is much different than it was when my grandmother was born, you know, um, but it still requires a certain level of, <laughs> we gotta stay clear on our purpose. There's a lot of outside noise. There's a lot of things that can distract us and to really go within and know that we can do these things and they may be hard, but we can overcome and we can keep mm -hmm. going can learn along the way. It's really inspiring and in what I feel um, is part of my, you know, not duty, but what I would like my kids. I have, you know, an eight-year-old and a four-year-old and they struggle with their own anxieties. And it's an interesting time to be a little person right now. And to, you know, I, I feel like that phrase of we can do hard things is kind of trendy right now, but in a way, to bring the actual humanness to these experiences. Mm. Like, no, you are feeling this way and you're not alone. And here's a way that we have seen this be accomplished before and you might gain some inspiration from that, you know? Um, so I feel like that is really something I, I want my children to be able to, mm. to do, to find the humanness inside of them and to not give up, to continue to move forward because who mm. knows what their gifts will be in this world. You know. Yeah, so. and what the world even will look like, right? I mean, for sure. With yeah. technology, it seems it feels like. I mean, you know, you were talking about how it's a different time than when your grandmother, you know, your great grandmother was like in the, you know, in the Alaskan tundra. And yeah, it's um, you know, I mean, I was thinking about that. Even yeah, the world looks so different than it did thirty years ago. We didn't have smartphones, you know. Yeah. We didn't have like this the, yeah, the rate of development, it feels like is picking up and, and the speed of things feels like it's picking up. And that's some of what, you know, I'm loving as I'm listening to you kind of share, I'm really tracing the thread of body through everything that you're, that you've said so far, just because, you know, curiosity, the difference between curiosity that supports us and curiosity that like sends us into like head spinning, stuckness, wheel spinning, you know, is the body, right? And like, and the difference between, you know, the being able to do hard things in a way that isn't traumatizing and doing hard things in a way that is traumatizing is the body. And, you know, and so 
and, and the difference really too, and what you're sharing with your kids and, and sort of their anxieties and sort of finding inspiration and finding connection and community. I mean, even that, that's all like the thread that's really present, even in that is body, um, you know, embodied storytelling. Like how do we take the stories from around us, from the people around us, whether it's people or whether it's myths or whether it's whatever, and then like actually bring them through us, you know, um, so yeah, I, how, yeah, tell me more about sort of, yeah, your, your passion about the body and kind of what that has looked like and where you, where you sort of feel that connection between pattern, um, like our life patterns and our body, you know, or our, our habits in our body. Yeah. Um, so I grew up from a very young age in the ballet world, um, which has a very beautiful and uh, also, <laughs> uh, it's, I don't want to say it's constraining, but in a way it is because you're, it's a certain aesthetic and there is a, you know, a history of the art form that you are paying tribute to every time you move in that way. And as a young person, I remember feeling in my body a lot of like, huh, well, that seems odd. Like, why would we, well, my body is different than that body, but okay, you know, that's is, you know, I heard a lot of messaging that I knew inside of myself wasn't accurate, but mm. I loved the feeling of the movement. So mm -hmm. in my head, there were things that were, and in, even in my body, there were things that I was like, yeah, that's, that's the wrong message for me, but I'll override it a little bit because I love the feeling of the freedom that I have mm -hmm. on stage, you know, just mm -hmm. like full expansion. I guess they say now it's we're in the flow, right? Like everything would dissolve and I would have this experience in my body that was euphoric. Um, and as I continued to dance and the messaging actually became more um, in my system, too inconsistent and, and actually damaging, I stopped and I started working with the gyrotonic method, which was another body system, felt very similar to dance. It's a, it's a system that's based off of dance and yoga and Tai Chi and swimming, but you're all, you're working in your main focus in your spine and your deep core. And then the ease of your joints out of that strength is what we really support. So a lot of rotational movements and being able to really feel that deep strength of your inner, you know, inner core, which felt to me like my inner wisdom as well. Um, that sparked my curiosity. Here we are again. And I dove straight in and started working with clients in 2003. So almost 20 years ago. Um, and with that undercurrent always was breath, right? With I mean, we're just breathing now, having this conversation. It's what keeps us alive. And in dance, there was always a, you know, I could feel when my body was really working because my breath would move. And then I could feel when my system would calm down and the movements would be smaller because my breath would calm down. And gyrotonic has a similar component of breath and the breath felt very cleansing. And I could see the breath change things in people when I would work with them. And then I became really fascinated in the therapeutic application, which actually started with breath. Um, so all the way through this thread of 
working with the body and breath has always been present. But most recently, you know, when I um, when COVID hit and well, it was 2019, I became a, a member of a collective called Our Breath Collective, and it was online. But all of a sudden, I felt this community like, oh wow, these people are speaking my language, but in this different way. It's it's a different mm-hmm. way in to the body through breath. Mm-hmm. And started my own practice, noticing that at that time I was this was before COVID hit actually I was having some major anxiety, interestingly enough about viruses, <laughs> um, before the big virus came. You know, so I was it was it was starting to become a real issue, and I noticed that if I did these fifteen minute little breath practices, I could stay in myself longer and my capacity to kind of be able to navigate some of my. When it would hit, I would be able to help kind of bring myself down and not necessarily have a panic attack. And so I was, this was it, you know, I was like, this is, this is the way I got it. I have to know more. And um, I'd been learning more about the nervous system at that time, a little bit before that time as well. And so I just dove deeper into that whole thing and became certified as um, one of their breath guides and also in my own right, using the breath more with my clients as an intro point, actually, that if we can understand our breath, we can really know a lot of information about our body and our nervous system state, and to be able to actually feel the responses of our experience, you know, like Mm -hmm. the, the grief we might feel about something and how it just like takes our breath and we stop breathing, well, then that isn't going to get processed and metabolized in our system, we have to, we have to move it through and, and with breath, we can do that or with move and then you know breath can lead to the movement and it just kind of snowballs in that way so that's been my real curiosity and fascination you know from early on with body breath and just the information that we can get if we really listen in um you know one of the ways i've always talked about it and is that the body is always speaking to us we just have to learn to listen and one of the one of my teachers, Reese Peluso said, the body speaks in whispers. It's just that we have to quiet because everything else is so loud. We have to really just like listen in. And I agree with that. You know, it's, it's always there. It's a manner of us slowing down, quieting down to really just feel in because every system is unique. What Mm -hmm. I feel in my left shoulder is not the same as what you might feel in your left shoulder, you know, Mm so to be able to to really sit with that in a, in a curious, tender way and to gain information from it and then be able to move that through in a positive way to bring us, you know, bring wisdom to our experience, which is what I feel like you beautifully help people do to help mm. us move through in our journey. And so mm. that's really what, what I feel like I'm kind of doing in the body with the body, curiosity yeah. body. I love that. I, you know, it's funny. I say actually a similar thing about energy and breath is, I mean, breath is energy. Breath is our access to life force energy. Right. And so a lot of times people, you know, newer to sort of energy work are like, what even is this? It seems so mystical. I'm like, it's breath is like the most tangible way that, that we can start to like, be like, oh, right. Energy. It's a thing. It animates yeah. us at, you know, cause breath isn't, isn't the air we take in, isn't like tangible. And yet it is, you know, and when we, stop breathing. Well, we're not alive anymore. So it's like literally what like brings us and keeps us alive. Like we also need food and water and other things, but, um, yeah, but breath is, is, is really the foundation. It is. And Um, 
it's so unique. You know, I feel like um, this idea of that no breath is actually the same. We, we begin again each time mm-hmm. we breathe. It's mm-hmm. this new experience. And I find that actually quite freeing. You know, it's, mm. you can't compare it from the last breath because it's actually not the same. You know, it's something that I found freeing in the gyrotonic method was the founder always said, don't compare one body experience to the next. You can gain your wisdom from it, but know that you are a different person showing up in this space. Your cells are different. You slept differently. You drank less or more water. You had something different to eat. You had an emotional experience that might change you. You are this dynamic being. Uh, This is more, I guess, what I, really see is that that you are a dynamic being that you can rest upon these experiences to help bring you knowledge but you don't have to say well yesterday Mm -hmm. i was a way better parent than i am today and then Mm -hmm. really hard on yourself (laughs) Mm -hmm. well you know i recently had an experience where i didn't show up as a great parent and my four-year-old said to me it's okay mama tomorrow's another day you can begin again like Mic drop. All right, good. I don't have it. <laughs> That's it. That's a great wisdom, right? Like, yeah. also said to me, it's all right, mom, you're trying your best. And sometimes you lose your temper. We'll try again. And I was just like, okay, well, good. Thanks, kids. You guys are way smarter than I am. <laughs> and I'm going to take a breath in this. I'm going to feel, I'm going to like let that sit into my cells, in my tissue. I'm going to let it really not just be this cerebral thing, but actually a physical response that I have the permission to begin again, right? Mm. Like take the next breath mm. that will lead me to some new experience. So, yeah, you know, and that's really actually what the breath community has led me to a lot of connections of people mm. and experiences that I wouldn't have had without. And so there's a deep, you know, deep gratitude to that community and to those experiences. Mm. That was another thread that I sort of heard a little bit earlier that now you're kind of circling back to that I love, which is that breath is also such um, a profound way. You know, we were talking about connection and, you know, and I sort of said at the beginning of the call, we don't see connection, we feel connection, you know, or we, in the case of breath, we can hear connection. I mean, it's the same when I was both practicing yoga in rooms of people and then also facilitating yoga in rooms of people, you know, and that you know, mostly people come and they get on their mats and they don't really interact with each other, but they move their bodies and they breathe together. And at the end, you know, you can feel the whole energy of the room has shifted and each person had their own experience on their mat. And yet there was also a collective experience that happened, you know, and I think it's the same in breath practices where each person had their own individual breath practice. And yet, because it was happening together in community, there was also a collective experience that happened. Um, and the energetic, you know, the spiritual, and also purely on the physical, our, mm-hmm. our heart rates start to align. Sync up. Mm-hmm. Sync up. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Lost yeah. for a moment. Sync up with those around, yeah. you know? And so it is this when, and I, I really feel, you know, we didn't have the in-person connection for a while. We were left to find that over the screen. And I had a big block to it. You know, I was mm. like, nope, mm-mm. I won't be able to connect with people over the screen. There's no way, you know, and it's really, it's not true. If we really let our bodies be part of it and get out of our heads, we actually can feel 
you know, and I, I wouldn't have the connection to you without technology. And yet I do feel the connection. I mean, goosebumps when you're bringing the introducing and bringing us all into the sacred space. So, you know, I do, I'm not saying that I think it replaces the human connection, but I think it is important for us to be very mindful about how we're using these these technology connections and to to really value them and also know that we don't want to stay in our little box, right? We have this connection. I I won't get to be with Kate in person. I won't be able to get to be with you in person right now because we live we're geographically too far away. But I can go then use the inspiration of my connection that I felt with you and go find find the others, right? Find the mm-hmm. others in another human contact, like person to person connection and have it all be part of the fabric. Um, so, you know, I, you can ask my kids, I'm like, no, no screens off the screens, off the screens. And that's not the world we live in, right? Uh Like it is important to work with it and also then go find that like physical connection where you might regulate your heartbeat with someone, sync up your heartbeat in a room together, um, as well as being able to feel a connection across the screen. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it's funny. I mean, I think there's like a couple threads on this one that that I'm sort of <laughs> tracking or seeing or sensing or whatever. And you know, one is, um, you know, I think even even beyond the question of technology, I think, um, you know, especially here in the United States, at least, you know, we have this sort of collective myth of individualism, right? And that is like increasingly, I think we're seeing how problematic and untrue that actually is and how that's really landing us in some pretty, um, uh, not ideal places as far as like our human evolution, like, and societal evolution seems to actually be going, um, because we're not wired for that. We're actually wired. Like you talked about, I mean, we have when we feel a sense of connection with people, even if we're not talking, right? And we're, we've been taught that talking, we're expressing ourselves as the way we connect. And like, while that's part of it, listening is also a way we connect. Sitting with somebody in intentional, mindful silence is a way we connect. Breathing together is a way we connect. Moving our bodies together is a way we connect, right? So there's, there's like all these different you know, and they're all different frequencies, right? So this is part of where I think energy helps us a little bit because it's like, oh, which channel am I connecting with somebody on? And like, and I can just become aware of the different channels that are happening. But yeah, you know, it's, it, it is, we have like hormonal and like physiologic, physiological changes that actually happen in our systems when we intentionally connect with people or unintentionally connect with people too. I mean, I've said it before, like attunement is always happening. What are we attuning to? So, you know, but, but that's part of where too, I think, you know, we're really seeing where I think a lot of healing work often that individual, like there's, I think there's always a place for one-on-one healing work because like we said, no two people are exactly the same. And so being able to, to get some personalized, individualized feedback, you know, and, and guidance and mirroring is really valuable. And, you know, I know in my business, I'm trying to shift things more to also creating spaces for like group ritual and group healing spaces. And I know our breath collective is all about like group coming together. And, you know, so there's these different 
it's, it feels like there's a movement or a shift happening in the wellness and healing spaces of like realizing, okay, we need to also bring these things out into the group because this individualism is like not actually helping us. And there is something about the inspiration we get from other people or, um, just the act of being with other people. That's really, yeah, that's really powerful and, and profound and, and necessary. And, you know, I think one of the things I'm really realizing is how much I think not only that, that cultural myth of individualism, but also then shame because shame exists in cultural is in that myth of individualism, right? Like it is shameful if you can't do it on your own. And that is like a profound. And so then that means then we're afraid to be messy with each other. And that means we're afraid to actually reach out and say when we need help. And that means we're afraid to act like it gets in the way of everything we actually need to be able to do to actually connect with people. <laughs> to, heal. to heal. I mean, that's yeah. the, like, yeah, we totally getting in the way, totally getting in the way. And, you know, it was interesting in the um, certification program that we did with our breath collective we were the first group that went through and there's this beauty to that you know um but we we actually changed the name to human school because what we realized was you know yes we are learning about breath all of the you know the biochemistry the biomechanics the way it's like the remote control to the nervous system you know all of the things and yet we are a group of humans coming together with these experiences, breathing through our own stuff. And yes, it got messy. And, you know, it was like, find the others. Well, we they're found, right? Like we found this, this tribe of people where we could become more human. And there was mm -hmm. just this really, and it was what I found so fascinating was that we did this all on Zoom, right? We did it for six months on Zoom, at the end, there was an in-person gathering and we all came together and it was like we had known each other for a lifetime, you know, it was these, the, and then I would forget that sometimes, you know, I didn't, my friend in Bend, I, I actually have only known her for two, three years, but she feels like this, you know, soulmate that I've known forever. And then, you know, the person, in Michigan and the person in Florida, you know, all of the Colorado, all these places, you know, it's just Massachusetts, like all of these connections and threads were these, these beings that I feel like I've known now for, for so long because of the human connection that was brought forward because of the messiness, because of being witnessed in the group to see like, oh, I'm not the only one who struggles with that, you know, it's, and it's a, there's no shame in the fact that this is hard for me. It's okay. It's part of my growing process and there's no judgment on that. You know, and it's one thing my clients always, you know, ah, this part of me that, why do I, why do I do that with my back? Why do you know, like, why do I do that with my breath? And it's like, for good reason, at one point in your life, mm -hmm. it kept you safe. Mm -hmm. So without casting judgment on what if you sidled up to it, you know, held it tenderly and said, thank you. Thank you for showing up in this way. You got me to where I am now. I don't have to, you know, you know, you don't have to exile you. I could move with you. And 
know that, you know, that's not necessarily where I need to operate from any longer, but I know that it's part of my history. It's part of my fabric. And when things get hard, it's okay. I may go back to that posture because that is what's known. And this new way is a little harder. And so to use it as a support system rather than something that you've done wrong or that you shouldn't have, you know, it's, it's there for a good reason. And so it's a matter of gratitude and not bypassing. Like you might be angry about it too. That's okay. That's okay. It's all part of, it's all part of it. You get to have all of those things and be as messy as you want and then have the curiosity to like, how can we use it for moving us forward in a way that feels like we're moving with ease and comfort and, and knowledge and wisdom. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And so many of those things that you just named happen quicker and more naturally, actually, you know, because I think there's also a trend. They, sorry, let me finish that one statement. My mind sometimes like hops. Um, Do you finish a sentence? Like, do you keep trying? (laughs) Yeah. The mind's moving faster than the mouth. Um, Those things happen in group, you know, in community faster um, than alone. And, and, um, where was then that, that connection that I hopped to in my head? Um, you know, so much of what keeps us stuck is, yeah, I think there's this, this trend that, um, like, and again, I think this is one of the ways toxic individualism shows up in healing spaces, right? And there's this whole, I feel like the idea of like codependent no more, which I know is like the name of a book, but but just that concept is like um, very trendy, you know? And, and as someone who's had a lot of people pleasing <laughs> tendencies and who's had a lot of, um, who was very sensitive energetically and didn't know how to set appropriate boundaries around it and kind of merged with other people more than, than, than I've come to realize is healthy. I think there's a time and a place for recognizing codependency and moving away from it. And yet at the same time, it's almost like we've swung the pendulum, like almost too far. And now that like being no longer codependent has become sort of this almost toxic individualism again, coming up in healing spaces. And we're, we're sort of in this place now where it's like, we've forgotten that like, we're, again, we're naturally wired to look for a certain amount of validation and mirroring from outside. And that's in a healthy form, that's different and distinct from people pleasing or needing validation for like our worth or, you know, looking outside for who we are or ways of knowing and being wise, right? And yet at the same time, you know, and and this sort of brings us kind of back to a thread that again, I felt come up kind of earlier in your first intro that that I feel like has kind of been weaving its way a little bit through, but, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, I've been studying sort of some embodied ecology and a woman I follow and and read some of her stuff, Sophie Strand, she was talking about um, how, there's this, um, actually I should back up. I don't know if, if Sophie's pronouns are she, so I should say they, I'm not actually sure what Sophie's pronouns are, but Sophie, (laughs) um, was talking about like, what if the ecosystem, what if nature, what if 
um, you know, mycorrhizal fungi, which are basically the connective tissue of the earth. What if we are actually the story that they are telling, you know, rather than this sort of human centered idea of us telling a story of the world? What if we are the characters in the world's story of itself? You know, and I think that ties, I was sort of hearing some similarity with that when you were talking about ballet and sort of some of the like rigidity of, of sort of the art form that it's beautiful and it has this amazing history. And at the same time, it's a, it's a form and a history that requires you to mold your body into it rather than, than what you were talking about with like the gyrotonic and, and some of these other things, which are more like what is my body in relationship with the outside? And what is this ecosystem that we're constantly co-creating by breathing, by moving, by noticing, oh, I drank less water today. And now I'm noticing that showing up in my breath, or we don't even always know why, right? I think sometimes we want to figure out the why, but even just today, I feel different than yesterday. And I'm not entirely sure. And maybe it's water and maybe it's sleep and maybe it's breath and maybe it's, you know, whatever, but there's this give and take between the inner and the outer. There's this co-creation of an ecosystem that's happening in each present moment. And it's like how our bodies are reflecting our environment, that web around us, and then how that web is then reflecting our bodies to us. And, you know, and so there's a piece here. Yeah. That, 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 yeah, it feels like when we come together to heal, when we have these group ritual and group healing spaces, you know, we're, we're in a healthy sense of like needing mirroring and affirmation from each other. Like we find out who we are by knowing who we're not. And we do that by being in relationship with other people and kind of bouncing off of them. And like sometimes in beautiful ways and sometimes in hard ways and sometimes in messy ways, you know, um, and each person, you know, each conversation that we have, I learned something from you and you learned something from me. And we both leave the conversation different than how we came into the conversation. And then, as you said, we both take that conversation out and it ripples out into like the more immediate webs. And, you know, I think, yeah, there's also then this piece of like what you were talking in-person versus virtual and that, you know, the same thing, how do we start to kind of handle that those are different but not separate ecosystems too and that each of those kind of have a place in our lives um yeah yeah and that this kind of as we are connected to these other threads the thread of us and knowing our internal landscape like you said and the external that when we stay grounded in that then we can navigate these so much with much more ease, right? With an easier way of being because we're, we're really truly in our, in ourselves, our, but like our needs, our boundaries, our, our humanness. And I think that is what is so beautiful about breath is that it is a chance to go internal, to reset things about like, this is, I can begin again, or I could reset, or I could get all of this knowledge about where I am now before, then I have a breath, two minute, 15 minute, 45 minute, whatever it is, breath reset. And then I can move out into the, the rest of the fabric in a different way. My ripples are gonna be different because I am actually more connected to myself. Mm -hmm. And so it's this not by myself, 
it's with myself with others you know it's not mm-hmm. this i'm gonna go over here now and do my breath practice by myself and then i'm just gonna not that's it's mine and i don't i don't affect anybody else and it's like no it's it's not it's not true you know it's yeah our energy of of all of it is how we are you know finding those that environment i like you how you said the ecology of it you know mm-hmm. um and it's fascinating like the, and if we really listen to nature, I think if we all slowed down and just actually we're we're only breathing because the trees and the you know ocean plants are giving us the oxygen to breathe. So we just sit with that for a second. There's that's okay. <laughs> that's a pretty big thing, right? That we yeah. should really pray I think having more space and time to honor and just appreciate and maybe make different choices so that, you know, I'm not, not perfect by any means, but when I stop and think about like, you know, it's a big deal that we have this, this relationship and then we're breathing the carbon dioxide that helps them, you know, it's that cycle that is so beautiful. And when you have air quality, like we have currently, because there are wildfires around, we're in the hazardous and you can't go outside, like it really brings a different, awareness around mm. our place, our place within the human connection and our place within also our environments, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how we show up is important in all mm. of these places. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, yeah, being more human is more about, is being more relational, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah. sure as you were talking about sort of the piece to that, that like, you know, it's funny. I mean, I remember seeing this a lot when I was kind of more in the yoga world too. It's like people would come to their yoga mats and sort of have this experience kind of reset their baseline, but then go back out in the world. And if you weren't taking the tools that you learn on your mat, off your mat and out into the world, then you just get, you know, stressed again, and then you just kind of have to do it again. And so it, it's reminding me of, yeah, how many times we approach things too, in this really, um, like cause and effect, um, you know, symptom medicine kind of like way that, that allopathic mindset, rather than kind of the more holistic mindset of like, this is actually tool building and skill building that then is like metaphoric (laughs) and also literal sometimes, but, but that curiosity of like, how can I take what I've learned here and like apply it over here, you know? And I mean, that inhale and the exhale, I was, you know, aware as you were just speaking the inhale and the exhale. And then, so we go off and we do our breath practice and we get in touch, not only with our inner world, but also I think that that taking in and letting go that receiving and expressing, you know, and that in and of itself, then when we go out into the world, that skill becomes translatable when we're negotiating boundaries with another human, instead of just, you know, cancel culture has us all thinking that the second somebody's imperfect, we have to like cut them all off. Right. And like, human, we cut them off, right. Like the yeah. second they make a mistake or they, you know, it's like, they have a yeah. chance to learn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we can decide that like, we don't have the capacity to be the one to teach them. You know, it's so interesting. I went on a date the other day with somebody and, you know, and, and clearly he has not done a lot of nervous system work and healing work. And is clearly very unaware of a lot of these things. And 
And so then I had this question of, do I want to be the one to help teach him? And it was like, no, I don't think that there's enough connection here to be worth that level of my time and energy. So then it was like, you know, finding a kind way to just wrap it up and close it and like go our separate ways. But, um, you know, or as kind as possible. I mean, we we do our best and people will take it how they take it, but that's part of that inhale and that exhale is like reminding us that like we show up, we do something, someone else has a response to it. Then we do something, then they respond, then they do something, then we respond, you know, and there's that inhale and that exhale again. And it's just in relationship and, and um, yeah. And in being human and in trying to keep all of that going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. And, you know, one of the things that I have found so fascinating in a breath practice is, you know, with, the way I tend to run, I'm, I can get a little, you know, up in my energy and my, I won't say stuck in my inhale, but anxiety is in that sympathetic charge, right? And so it wouldn't work for me. One of the famous things that my husband always says is, you need to just relax. And I always say to him, you need to stress out a little bit. Like, you know, it's like saying that. So in my breath practice, trying to sit down and she's like, okay, I'm just going to start to extend my exhale and I'm going to start to feel calm. And it's like, that doesn't work because it's not in relation to what I'm actually experiencing, which is I need to go meet that charge, grab its hand and gently pull it back to a place where we can actually function, right? Pull it, that's the wrong word, but with tenderness and care, right? So, you know, an example of that is like holding your inhale for a little while, holding that suspension and letting that charge be felt. And it's like, Mm -hmm. wow, that is where I am right now. And then, you know, dissipating it with a long exhale. Okay, now I can have a conversation about relaxing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) quote unquote, calming down. You know, it's like, let's meet the charge where we are. Let's meet ourselves where we are in this relational way of inhale to exhale of, can I be that person to, to make, you know, to help educate, right? Mm-hmm. And can I meet myself there and then make those decisions on yeah. if that is the right fit for me or not. And then from that place, I can actually be useful. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same in myofascial work or, you know, in the energetic work that I do, you know, we have something that's called still pointing, which is an energetic version of like acupressure or like myofascial stuff, which is adding just a little bit more pressure, not too much, but just enough that then the pressure in our system realizes it's pressure and can then release, you know, and it's like, it doesn't even know it's pressure until we add a little bit more sometimes. And then it's like, oh, right. This is a lot. And like, it's actually going to be easier if I just let go. And then it chooses to let go. <laughs> you know, and it's, it just reminds me of when we're talking about humanness, that pressure or that held inhale or even the held exhale or the acknowledgement is the being seen, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the being seen, being acknowledged, being heard. And then you're like, okay, I can actually rest into this now because I've been seen, acknowledged, and heard. And that's what we want as humans. And that's what we want in these relational spaces. And and it's, you know, what I find in my breath practice and in my movement practice, it's where I'm like, oh, I can see myself. I can acknowledge those things. I can, you know, I can then allow them to just kind of settle a little bit so I can make sense of it. Mm-hmm. And, it's that 
but I always try to remind, you know, my eight-year-old when he's having an issue with someone being unkind or saying something that isn't super helpful or, you know, but why would they do that? And it's like, well, I think all they really want is to be seen, heard, and acknowledged. And mm-hmm. sometimes we do that in negative ways, you know, and yeah. it's not wrong. We're not wrong for doing that. Now, if we hurt someone, we need to be mindful of what we're right. doing with reactions, but it's a human quality. And so to kind of bring the humanness back to these mm-hmm. experiences, you know, mm-hmm. and I, it's a little bit, I think in our society, we've lost the, we're quick to be on these extremes and we've lost the, the humanness to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we all could just bring that back a bit, I think relating might be a little easier. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, well, it's reminding me too, and, and I'm aware of our time, so we're kind of landing the plane here, but yeah, it's reminding me too, you know, in, in our, you know, our intentional group healing spaces offer us the practice of accountability without like canceling, mm-hmm. you know, what is accountability and continued relating look yeah. like? What yeah. is accountability and humanness look like? And, you know, and so goosebumps again yeah yeah and so yeah because it's an opportunity for us to practice repair rupture happens Mm -hmm. and so then it's the question of how we repair and Mm -hmm. it's the opportunity to practice repair with ourselves and with each other yeah without the shame and the judgment of like i was wrong it's like no you were just fucking human (laughs) and we make mistakes and we begin again and we you know like we hopefully learn Right. right. Let's if we're not learning, there's a problem. Right. Fix that issue there. There's something wrong. Like that's not working. That's yeah. we keep. But you know, if we're continuing to try to be curious about it and have this ability to integrate and mm-hmm. forgive ourselves for the mistakes that we make and not go down the shame spiral. I mean, it's a not an easy task. It's a big ask, but it's possible and it's where we can have that healing happen Mm. together and for ourselves and for the whole you know collective yeah yeah Mm. well thank you for this conversation so beautiful thank you Um, it was really a pleasure to be with you this morning and have another conversation that I feel like could probably just keep going on and on (laughs) yeah I agree absolutely Um, so yeah, I want to give you an opportunity though, um, to share where people can find you or connect with you and, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes too, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I live in apparently a different decade and don't have a website. (laughs) 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 Um, If, if Ash is listening to this, I, I am working on it. Um, but you can find me through, I can, you know, email is always an option. If you're interested in working one-on-one with me, I can provide that. And then I have an Instagram page that I'm kind of active on, but sometimes not so much, but definitely there is um, a space there where you can also connect into our Breath Collective, which is a membership online community where we show up together Monday through Friday, and we offer a 12 to 15 minute 
daily breath practices that you can either show up live or you can watch the on-demand library. I think there's over 500 breathing practices on there that you can use to start to understand your system a little bit more and understand what what does this breath practice do for me and how can I use it? And then it's really exciting. We're actually moving to a new platform where we get to connect with people in this different way. You know, it's a similar, it has a little feel to like Slack and Facebook, but it's just our own little community. And so we can start to, you know, have that human connection so that we're not just behind the screen, um, but that we know, you know, on the other side, there's somebody who's willing to listen and be curious and also probably has similar things going on. Um, we can really start to learn from each other. So I'm really excited about that. Um, our founder has been working on that and it's it's coming, it's coming. So awesome. our Breath Collective is another place that you can can find me. Okay. And someday I'll have a website maybe and you can find me there too, I don't know. <laughs> Do you wanna share your Instagram handle just audio, auditor auditorially? <laughs> remember it it's lindsay underscore melton underscore so okay yeah yeah and i'll like i said i'll type it out in the show notes <laughs> i think that's right yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah and i'll yeah i'll have that all type, type into the show melton, notes. yeah lindsay melton gyrotonic breath it would pop up I'm yeah. Sure. So, yeah yeah awesome this is where i start to you know filter out a little bit like oh wait i'm supposed to have some sort of way people <laughs> I do have a business beyond, you know, showing up as a, a mother of two. So bear with me, folks, it'll come. But yeah. I just appreciate these opportunities to yeah. have these conversations and be with you and connect with you a little bit more. Yeah, I appreciate it too. And, you know, I mean, I think what you're modeling right now is like there are different seasons of our lives, you know, and like, yeah, I know so many people who want to run businesses and and have their passions and their things they want to bring forth in the world and are like actively mothering young beings, young humans, and that's its own job. And you know, and I think, um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's always I, that's the beauty. You know, I've been reading up more on sort of the perimenopause phase in our lives and kind of that like, and I'm like, man, you know. That, I mean, that really is like why not to open up a whole other conversation here, but that's totally why women are like, because I feel like we could totally go here. Yeah, but, I was like, hey, this is a good one. I need to know more. Tell me more. That, that women are, you really end up becoming more powerful actually often in the world, not to, not to discount the power of raising humans because that's its own power, but powerful in the world and in their work in the world in the second half of life. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of power, I think, that comes from the, well, I have known myself in a very different way in my mothering than I did before, you know, mm -hmm. and so the gifts that my kids have given me, I think, is what gives me the courage to continue to want to do the work that I feel passionate about and maybe yeah. someday, you know, have a website and things like that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's funny because that was something, a subject that I had been sort of curious to talk about with you. So maybe that'll be another podcast yeah. conversation sometime. I'd uh, love, I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, all right. You. Well, thank you, Lindsay. So yeah, let's all just take a couple deep breaths in and out together, just to sort of begin the integration process after this conversation to close out our time together. To sort of 
thank the space around the fire and acknowledge the space around the fire. Perhaps this conversation was the inhale. <laughs> and now where we are is sort of that hold at the top. That moment before we now turn and move away from the fire and exhale back out into the world. So thank you everyone for tuning in and yeah, I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I'm realizing I didn't like go through the whole like follow, subscribe, share. So anyway, if you're still listening, do all of that stuff and you'll hear it next time too. <laughs> See you next time. Thanks.